0: All right, everybody, welcome back to Derek's Discussions, episode 39. Today we got Sean today. Obviously, you know, March Madness is happening, but before we get into kind of everything going on at this point, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, Derek. Uh, Thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to, uh, you know, today's a big day, obviously. Uh, First day, March Madness. Uh, I'm excited to, to get into and talk about it.
0: All right, so before we get into March Madness, uh. You know, first of all, how is your kind of college experience and obviously studying sports communication at Marist College? What are you kind of looking to do uh, with sports?
2: Um,
1: So I, the reason, the real reason I really picked Marist for, um, to go to school was for their great sports communication uh, program. Um, I want to get more involved this semester with, I want to start writing a little bit, maybe like with, uh, you know, get involved with Red Fox Report. I believe. Right, center field um, is the is the newspaper for Marist. So, as a sophomore, I definitely want to start getting more involved this semester, and uh, hopefully, uh, make my way maybe to radio on Red Fox Report um, and get involved like that way. So that's that's the goal for this semester.
0: So your kind of mindset at this point is just get involved, and then kind of down the road, you're more talking, uh, get more into the radio side of things. Is that? Is that more where you're gearing towards more radio than kind of TV or broadcasting or kind of behind the scenes type of stuff, more, more just radio in general?
1: Yeah. So I've, I've been thinking about it for a while now. Um, I want to definitely start out. Like I, uh, I've, I've always talked about uh, doing like a podcast, like obviously like that, you've uh, the great uh, direct discussion that you've, that you've come up with. So this is definitely something that I want to start looking into um, maybe like with other people. Um and definitely I think Maris would would help me set that up and uh and you know, maybe start covering like this their different sports themes. Um I for one love college basketball. So and obviously with the with Maris and their great run they just had, you know, if that's something that I could really go into. And even if that is radio, you know, I think I think I wanna start more behind the scenes. But um we'll see. You know, maybe if uh, you know, if T V is something that I, I like, you know, I start going uh, to more of the, the meetings that they that Marist has, you know, we'll, we'll see where it takes me. But definitely, uh, I just want to get um, hands-on and start, uh, start getting involved.
0: Now, what do you say kind of the significance just of sports in your life is? Because obviously studying sports communication, it's not like you hate sports or don't like sports. There's obviously a reason to why you're studying sports communication. So what is kind of just the significance of sports uh, in your life?
1: So I've been playing sports uh, really my whole life. Uh, It's been centered, my whole life's really been centered around sports. Um, You know, I started playing soccer when I was about uh, four or five years old. And from there, I just, you know, I've kind of played around in all different uh, sorts of sports. You know, my eighth grade, eighth grade year, I was playing uh, flag football, travel soccer, um, travel basketball, uh, you name it, baseball. So I I knew that I wanted to be around sports for me. It really didn't matter. Um, I've also recently gone into hockey. Um, so I really, I, for me, it's, you know, uh, if I could do something along the lines of sports in my career, um, you know, that's the goal. I think um, like yourself, you would love to just be uh, behind the booth or, you know, watching baseball. Um, you know, I, I could really, and any of those, any of those work for me. and. Uh, yeah well i'd love to see where it takes me
0: and then what do you say your perspective is kind of when watching uh you know a sporting event because obviously everybody has their fan perspective but obviously wanting to be in the sports communication kind of department do you see your like what is your mindset when watching a uh um a game because yours is probably different than you know most most people out there
1: um yeah it's a it's a great question um it's funny because when I sit down, I watch a game, I really try and listen to uh the broadcasters and the way they speak right and um kind of the way they call the game, like some of the greats like bob costas um who obviously you know lately hasn't been um who hasn't been so loved around, but you know I think there's a lot of uh great new opportunities like you know um one of the one of the funny uh announcers that I love. He actually announces the uh I can't even think of his name, but the Hornets announcer. You know, he's uh he's had some pretty funny calls uh with um some of the dunks this year, like Miles Bridges, um, you know, Lamelo Ball being on that team. So I you know, I think the the way that Sports is being called is changing. And um, you know, and I I would really like to uh you know to get more involved with that and just to see where uh to see where that takes me, because I really do. I love uh, watching sports, and, you know, like I said, I could really – I could sit down and watch any game and just really be uh, so invested. And, um, yeah, and my and my love for the game really, um, I think, is around the uh, – is, is more, like, geared towards the announcers. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, when I'm watching that, I, I really – I try and look what they do, especially, like, the – at you know, you'll see at halftime. You know, the sideline announcers will go over. So I really try and look and see and, like, see what questions they're asking and, uh, you know, try and take as much of the way as I can from them.
0: And then you talk announcers kind of changing um, just overall. What, what, what would you say is your, like, not necessarily your announcer, but, like, your uh, style of of like likeage um, for announcing? Would you prefer, would you rather have someone be like the Hornets, be like the uh, Minnesota Vikings guy, very energetic, very passionate, but sometimes a little too biased, or would you rather have kind of the Bob Costas, Al Michaels, or, you know, there's so many different names out there. Like what, what do you look for kind of in your announcer um, depending on who it is?
1: Um, Yeah. Again, a great question. I think, you know, you have like you mentioned Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. They'll call the Sunday night football games, you know. And I think those channels, like for for instance, like NBC, CBS, right? Like today, you'll see. Uh, you know, I think if the March Madness games will be, they're on all different channels. True TV, CBS. I think those games really can't have a bias. But if you're calling the game at like from behind the booth at let's say a Hornets game, you know, a Minnesota Vikings game. You know, if you're on like one of those, like Minnesota, if you're on like a um, local, local, right. Local channel. That's what I'm thinking of the local channel. You know, I think you can be more, I think you could be a little bit more biased, but I think it's tougher when you're like uh, an Al Michaels or Chris Consworth calling a Sunday night football game. I, I don't think you can really have a, I mean, you could be, uh, you can have love and appreciation for a, for a player, you know, and and, uh, and call out what they're doing. If they're having a great season, you know what I mean? You're going to, you're going to call those things out, obviously, but I don't think you can really have so much of a bias with those uh, mainstream channels.
0: Yeah, I think it all depends uh, what the, what the guy is doing. I think uh, announcers have been scrutinized a lot um, over the last couple of years, just because they believe there's been more bias of lately. I just think it's more, I think it's people just knowing that there's more bias out there. Everybody has their own bias, uh, you just kind of have to limit it um, in retro perspective. But one thing I want to mention first before I kind of turn the page on announcers, um, I love this move. Uh, uh, Noah Eagle's son, I mean, Ian Eagle's son, Noah Eagle, is going to be doing games. He's 25 years old. He's going to be the youngest broadcaster ever to be a number one guy. He's going to be doing games for NBC. I think it's a great move. Uh maybe he's not doing games for the M- NBC he's doing big 10 games with the new contract it's great for college sports i think it's great for people trying to get into the broadcasting community seeing someone so young i get it he he's a you know a son son of a legend in I- in and eagle but it's still great to see a 25 year old you know being you know at that level of tier of being one of the best um, you know in the business and being able to be on the number 1 team but kind of moving on, when did you start to really dive in deep into announcers and kind of realize that, like, hey, I can do something, you know, whatever it is in the sports industry, but do something in the sports industry?
1: Um, I'd say more around high school. I really started, uh, you know, keying in on what the uh, the announcers were saying. You know, I, ever since I was little, I would, I would uh, I'm a big Mets fan. So I was always tuned into uh, Gary Keith and Ron in the SMY, uh, in the SMY booth. So, you know, ever, um, you know, listening to, uh, to like Gar- uh, Gary Cohen, who's just a-, a legend, you know, broadcaster, um, play-by-play uh, baseball guy, you know. So, um, when I was little, I really would love hearing him call those uh, Mets games. And I, you know, I said to myself, you know, if I if I could do something like this obviously it's going to take uh, hard work and um, it's going to take time, like everything, you know, to, to get there. Um, And, you know, he's sitting next to uh, two former uh, professional baseball players. So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, when if you're someone who's not uh, who hasn't played the game professionally or um, like us, you know, we haven't played um, college even. So, it's tougher to get involved, but I think, um, in high school, I really, I found a passion for it. And I was like, you know, this is something that I want to give it a shot. And, uh, and you know, when, when it came down to picking schools, I think Marist, uh, my list, you know, gave me the best opportunity to, uh, to go and try that.
0: And then we briefly talked kind of earlier, you know, you talked to radio, you've talked more on the announcing, um, sidetrack of things. Uh, you know, I usually say, "Where do you see yourself ten years down the line?" So, where do you first of all, where do you see yourself ten years down the line, and then kind of after that, what is your kind of end goal, um, in terms of broad, whether it be being a broadcaster, being it, you know, you talk kind of, you want to be behind the scenes and kind of go up. So, kind of, what's your what's your mantra at this point in time? Um, yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. Uh, in ten years
1: um obviously i hope to be uh involved around sports um i haven't i haven't given it uh too much thought but i would definitely want to be involved i think um you know i've looked i've looked into internships uh through especially for this summer uh with sm with sny so i i'm gonna i'm applying just about everywhere and anywhere and um you know, uh the first one that uh, responds back, you know, I hope to I hope to jump on. And um I think with Maris, I'm gonna try and get involved with uh the more sort uh so towards like uh college basketball. So I hope to be in ten years. Uh you know, like listen, it's I'm 20 years old now, so 30. Like you said, the game is changing, right? With announcers now being twenty-five years old. You never know, but I think it's gonna be more towards down the road. Uh maybe, you know, if it's ten if it's ten years, great. If it's twenty years, you know, then uh obviously the sooner the better. But I, I hope to be someday calling play by play. Uh if you know, if that like I said, if that's for the Mets, if that's uh Sunday night football, Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels, I mean that would be that's the dream. But uh, you know, if it's if it's behind the scenes too, you know, I'll I'll take I'll take that role as well and just work my way up and, uh, and also radio, you know, there's just, there's so many different options, which I think is great, but uh, you know, like, like all things, it's going to take time and uh, you know, hopefully some someday along the road, I'll be, uh, you know, behind the booth.
0: So you mentioned kind of play by play, you know, down the road, what kind of led you to being wanting to be wanting to do play by play? Like in the sense of, like, did you do anything related to that high school wise? Is it just like the? Is it just like oh, play by play? That's kind of what everybody you know grows up of doing. I kind of remember myself um, a while ago at this point, over ten years ago, just muting the TV and just calling the game. Like, what was your kind of you know um, lead to wanting to be play by play? Um, obviously, uh, experience level and kind of your your kind of story uh, behind that.
1: Um. Yeah. So you mentioned high school. Um. So I what I would do before school is uh, I joined the. Uh. It was called WFBN. So it was our. Um. You know our morning announcements. Uh. You know I joined that. Uh. Right away. I um. I wanted to get behind the camera. I just you know what, they had a lot of people behind the scenes working on uh you know different cameras and and different sorts and there was an opportunity where. Uh, they needed someone on the desk, uh, just talking and, you know, getting, uh, you know, so I, I took this as an opportunity just to, uh, you know, give it an opportunity, uh, get an opportunity, um, just talking and kind and interviewing, uh, different athletes in the, in high school. So, uh, you know, I took this and I actually ended up, um, interviewing two athletes my junior year who were, uh. Being uh, signing their uh, national letter of intent to go play Division One uh, football, and it was it was really a great day for me. I got to talk to their family. I got to talk to the the football coaches, and uh, and you know the two guys who were signing, uh, you know, put their hat on. They were both uh, going to play at great programs, uh, great schools, and uh, you know from there, I just I, I thought this would be something that I wanted to do. And, uh, and yeah, it was a very exciting opportunity and then I continued with it senior year and I was actually able to, I think we, we only had one guy signed to play division one soccer, but I was, who was on my team and, uh, interviewing him was a lot of fun. And, uh, like I said, you know, it was just nice to be there. It felt like I was a part of the, uh, of his, you know, being a part of his day really. And just getting to, you know, ask him questions and, uh, you know, it was really exciting for him and his family.
0: You kind of mentioned uh, your friend kind of, you know, in soccer, going to Division One. Obviously, you played soccer um, in high school. What was that experience like kind of talking to someone that you basically already knew and more of a kind of professional environment? That's something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, kind of not necessarily putting friends to the side in the sense, but for better lack of a term, it's kind of putting your friend to the side and kind of doing your job instead of being more of a, you know, a friend, a cheerleader type of um, situation. What was your, how was that experience?
1: Yeah, uh, it was definitely, it was definitely funny uh, at first, you know, I was, me asking him questions, my, my good friend on the team. Um, but, you know, as soon as the, uh, the camera went on, um and we went live you know we we did we put that aside and uh and it was it was great you know his parents were both there who uh you know I I obviously knew and uh yeah it was you know we had a series we had a series talk you know obviously you know I asked him questions about getting to the next level you know what it meant and it was really it was also an emotional day for him and his parents cuz obviously all the hard work paying off so it was it was pretty easy for me you know and I was just uh also so uh, more than happy for him and proud of what uh you know where he got so it was easy to just kind of put it to you know friends aside and you know really you know glorifying him and you know putting him uh uh you know holding him to you know a high level and just you know a lot of his friends and teammates were there as well so everybody was just more than happy for him and uh, you know happy to see him succeed.
0: And then last question, kind of you know of part one, everybody hates it, but I'm gonna ask it anyways uh, what is one thing you want the viewer to know about you?
1: One thing for the viewer to know about me um it's uh, a good question uh I guess one thing I'd want the viewer to know about me um. Is that I'm some I'm someone who is, uh, you know, definitely I'm someone who's hardworking and uh, and has and has goals, and I know that you know you know sometimes when sports communication is brought up, it's kind of like, uh, you know, communications can be looked at as sometimes an easier major, but uh, you know I want people to know that I think that there's a lot of opportunity in this uh, in this major, and that um, you know it's definitely changing. Uh, and like you mentioned, I, I think you brought up a great point with the, uh, 25 year olds now, you know, so I hope to see things, uh, change and I hope that people really, um, who are interested in sports, you know, go for something that they want to, that they want to do, you know what I mean? Cause, um, I obviously pick something that, uh, uh, you know, a major and hopefully a, a career that, um, you know, is, is obviously is, is tough to get, to get to the highest and the top of the, uh uh, top of the food chain kind of thing. But, you know, I think if you have goals and if you, uh, you know, you really put your mind to something, I think you can succeed. So, you know, that's what I'd say for the viewers, you know, just for the viewers to know about me is that I'm going to try and, you know, get to the top. And, um, uh, I think they, they should too.
0: Yeah. One thing out before we get into kind of March madness that I want to mention is I like how you say career, um so many people from MLB network ESPN have come and they've said hey if you want to go to if you want to get a job go somewhere else this is about a career not necessarily a job um that's what makes that's what separates this kind of sports media sports communication industry um separate from everything else we're looking for careers here we're not looking for a job i'm looking for something to do long term not short term um anyways kind of moving on to part 2 march madness i tell you what it, nothing has started yet, but I don't know. You'll probably think my bracket's crazy. I think most people think pe- my bracket's crazy. My Final Four might not be crazy, but if you're talking about second-round matchups, I'm going to first start in the South. I have I have uh, three upsets, right out of the gate, out of the South. Personally I don't count eight nine upsets. I don't count seven and ten upsets. I don't know how you feel about eight, nine, seven and ten, if you count those as upset. But in the South, I call it the it's it's supposed to be in Louisville. I call it the Louisville South, I guess you call it. Louisville's not even in the tournament, of course, because you know they're Louisville. But anyways, I got San Diego State losing to uh Charleston. Charleston's a great team, thirty one and three. I got Furman beating Virginia. I got also UC Santa Barbara beating Baylor. Those are the three upsets that I see early on. I'm just going to right now talk today just about first round matchups going into the second round. Those are the three upsets that I have there. Um, what are your thoughts on those and kind of what are your thoughts um, on this South region? And I think the South region is kind of a cakewalk um, for Alabama and Arizona, if I'm being completely honest.
1: Uh, I love it. I love the upsets. Um, I agree with you. I think the eight and nine games are uh, definitely a coin flip. I also agree with seven and ten. I think this uh, this year. I think a lot of people are um, are heavy on Alabama. I'd agree. They got a lot of uh, you know they're they're a real good. They're a real good team with a lot of depth. You know uh, they have arguably the best player in college basketball in uh, Brandon Miller and yeah i i i could see it a, a four the four uh virginia losing to uh a 13 in uh Furman. i think that's a, that's a great call i i saw a lot of people were heavy on that game um i don't know if that happens i i like virginia in this one i think just their uh their experience you know they had a uh who was it they lost to in the acc uh they
0: lost to duke in the finals i believe duke in the
1: finals, duke. Duke in the finals. yeah so Duke's another one that's getting hot at the right time. Um, the thing that scares me about Duke, you know, I'm jumping to the East, but uh, Duke is is a young young team. I think John Shy is doing a great job with those guys. Um, you also mentioned Baylor going down to uh, Santa Barbara. That's another that's another tough one. I just I think with the experience that Baylor's had in the uh, Big Twelve, I like a lot of the schools this year in the Big 12, just because I think that was a really tough conference. Um, I could also see Kansas going back to the final four this year, just because of the, uh, I can believe they had the most quad one wins this year. And by a large margin, I want to say it was about, by six, I think they have, they led uh, a whole division one in uh, quad one wins. And uh, so you said, you said uh, cakewalk, and Alabama. Yeah, I think it's a great pick. I also I think I, I like Arizona this year. I think they got a lot of depth. I think they have also one of the uh arguably one of the best players in the nation. Uh there big man, I forget his name. Uh so I gotta look it up. I have it. He's here. from
0: he's from um it's like Somali, I think it is. I think he's from mm-hmm. Mali. Um big guy down low for Arizona. Yeah. I think the south is pretty easy. Um I'm gonna go to the east. Um east I think the sleeper team in this East that can make a deep run is FAU, Florida Atlantic. They're at a nine seed right now. I love that squad. They're 31-3 and on the season. I have them going to the Elite Eight. I believe that they can beat Purdue. To me, there's going to be a number one seed that doesn't go to the Sweet 16. I think that's Purdue. In the East, I got more upsets for you. I got Montana State beating Kansas State. I got Louisiana beating Tennessee, and I got Oral Roberts beating Duke. This bracket, I've done six to eight brackets this season. This bracket that I have is extremely upset heavy in the first round, and I'm just going bold. Go big or go home at this point. No one's going to get a perfect bracket after the first day. No one's going to get a perfect bracket after the next week. Why not make it different? I try to strive myself on being different. And I think this bracket definitely does it. I love this Oral Roberts team. I love Oral Roberts to go to the Sweet 16. I have them losing to Florida Atlantic. But this Oral Roberts team, Matt Abrams, their point guard, he was there last year. He got them to the Sweet 16. Guy's a dog. He's an absolute beast. In my opinion, I think he could be the best player in this entire tournament. You're talking about, if I look at this entire tournament, one thing that I have question marks with almost every single team is, who is that guy? Nobody really has that guy. You mentioned Alabama has Brandon Miller. There's obviously stuff going on there. I think he's not going to play as well in the tournament as he has all season long. There's so many teams that don't have that guy. To me, in the East region, it's pretty easy. I don't see a team besides Marquette coming out of that bracket. I've tried to pick someone else. One time I picked Kansas State, but I have them losing to Montana State. Purdue is not going to do it. Purdue, every single time they go to March Madness, they choke. I'm sorry, Purdue fans. It happens. You can talk all you want about Zach Eady. The most interesting matchup in this East, I love it. In the first round, Purdue is playing Fairleigh Dickinson University. I know it's not going to be an upset, but I know. You got Zach Eady being f- 7-4. Fairleigh Dickinson is the shortest team in all of college basketball in Division One. I. I love that matchup from both sides of the ball. If you saw Florida... Fairleigh Dickinson against Texas Southern the other day. They could shoot the rock. Fairleigh, Texas Southern had one three-point shot in that game. They lost by 20 points to Fairleigh Dickinson. Fairleigh Dickinson was unbelievable. I want to say they're around 50% from three. If they are able to do that against Purdue, watch out. I don't think it's going to be an upset, but I really, out of all the 116 matchups, that is the matchup that I'm looking out for in a sense that I think it's going to be a lot closer than the experts think in that matchup. That are those are my thoughts on the East. What are your thoughts on the East cuz I I have chaos in the East. I don't see Purdue going very far. I get it. You can say I got Marquette going there and Marquette's a 2 seed, but besides that, I don't I don't see I don't see some of these top dogs doing any, doing anything special in this Eastern Conference and to me the best part about the East is... It's an MSG this year. It's gonna be electric. I think that's. I think that's that's a, that's a round where I. I think I think chaos is gonna definitely ensue in the East. There's no doubt about it.
1: I love it. I love it. Yeah. There's a there's a lot there's a lot to look at here in the East. You know, you mentioned the upsets. I got the Doug eater shirt on right now. Uh, St. Peters. You know, I mean, they were the team last year. Uh, this is my favorite day of the year for many reasons because I think. Uh, day one, I mean, it starts off uh, great. You got like you, you mentioned, uh, you know, they met ESPN mentioned the stat earlier. Purdue has Zach Eadie, seven foot four. I mean, the average height on FDU is, I believe, six foot four. So, you, you know, you, you never really know, but uh, you know, somebody shoots the three ball well, and I think, uh, and you know, any anybody can lose in this tournament. Uh, there's really a lot to look at. Um, You you look at the Kentucky, um, you know, one thing that I look at is the Kentucky Providence game, 6-11, you know, uh, 6-seed Kentucky, 11-seed Providence. They got, I believe, Brandon Hopkins, right, is his name?
0: Yeah, Bryce Bryce Hopkins Hopkins. from PC. Uh, I I hate both teams, so I'm not even, I I watched that game, but I want both teams to lose by a million, but that's beside (laughs) the point. Uh, Continue on, Sean.
1: Yeah, no, I listen. I love it. I think Providence. I think they get their revenge. They've had a rocky uh, road in the Big uh, Big East this year. I like your pick, Florida Atlantic, but I don't think they get it done against Memphis. I think Memphis Ooh. just blew out Houston. I mean, listen, I love it. I also see an eight, either uh, the one seed Purdue going down. Uh, I think Memphis comes out on top in that game.
0: I oh, think so you got right Memphis now. beating Purdue? That's interesting. I have
1: yeah, so I, listen, I, like I, I like it. I like do, it. I don't like Purdue in that uh, making it to the Sweet Sixteen. I think you, I think you really hit the nail on the head with Marquette. I was actually there for the Big East uh, Championship game. I saw Marquette uh, take down Xavier, and that game was never even close. Um, you know, Marquette gets back to MSG, Derek. I think they're going to be a lot to handle. They got a really good uh, floor general in uh, Tyler Colic. Uh, they also have, I believe, what's his name, uh, Cam. Uh, I get, you know, I gotta pull up these these rosters, but Marquette's got. They're not a very, uh, they're not a really a big team, Marquette. But they run the floor very well. Uh, they lean, they lean heavy on their on their backcourt.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, Tyler Collick's been a great player. I, yep.
0: He was MVP from Cumber- of from the- Cumberland, Rhode Island. That's my guy right there. Uh, there you go.
1: There you go. But, yeah, listen, I could see – I think I think you could see Tennessee going down early. Yeah, they, lost their, they lost their guy, uh, I believe New York native uh, Kai uh, Ziegler, I believe his name is.
0: All right, it sounds familiar. Yeah, I believe he's, uh, he was
1: their guy. You know, Tennessee uh, really relied on him to run the point. Um, when he was – you know, once he went down with a terrible, uh, you know, tragic knee injury. Um, you know, they play defense very well. You know, they're very well coached but I don't see them getting to the Sweet 16. You know, I have them winning in round one, but then uh, I believe losing to – who's the five seed in that? Duke. I think Duke, Duke is the five seed, but I also – I could also see Duke going down in round one. Like you mentioned, Oral Roberts, you know, you say, and Max Abrams, right, they may have the, uh, the best player in this tournament. You know, he obviously took Oral Roberts as a 15 seed. Uh, what was it, last year or two years ago?
0: I don't remember what seed they were, but I know they went to the uh, Sweet Sixteen. I believe they were,
1: they were fifteen. I want to say fifteen. You know, they took. I believe it was fifteen because they they beat uh, Ohio State, uh, who was the two seed that year. And uh, I f- I forget the. I think it was Washington was his last name on on Ohio State.
0: Yeah. Just could yeah. Not
1: could not find uh, couldn't buy a bucket. I mean, he was just putting everything up. You know, I had Ohio State going far that year. And, uh, you know, I think he busted a lot of brackets very early on. That was like a, that was like a Thursday game, and they just – oh, man, that was a rough one. I, it might have went in overtime, or maybe it was a, a last-second shot. They had a chance to win it. I mean, Ohio State should not have been within reach. But, uh, you know, give credit to Oral Roberts. They got the win that year. And I, I think they could be a, a young Duke team this year. Um, Duke is very well coached. I will say that. Um, Coach K passed the legacy on to John Shire they're hot right now. You know, they just won the tournament. I think they're, they're a slept on team. You know, they're, they're ranked out of five, you know, and always uh, the 12, five games always could also go down to a coin flip. You know, Oral Roberts is a, is a team that's won a lot of games and they've won by very high margins. Uh, They're a team to watch and so is Duke. So I think whoever really wins that first round game is going to, to make a run. I also, I looked at this to, um, Michigan State USC game. This is going to be a pick 'em. I think. I think this might be your best game uh in this brand, uh, for the round 1. I think it's going to be the closest. I think this one this one should go. I think it could go in OT. I think it's going to be it's going to come down. is a big team. You know, I don't know if uh Michigan State relies heavy on their backcourt. So uh-huh. it's going to come down to who plays better, you know, if the big guys step up on USC or if the you know, Michigan State make sure you know they got to score the ball. That's that's what it's going to come down to. And yep. uh, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on Kansas State. You know, I think Kansas State really, like I mentioned, they're in the they're in that Big Twelve. I think they can make a run this year. It's going to be a tough call in the East. Um, I I think there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of chances for upstate uh, for upsets. You know, and keep an eye on Vermont. I will say, keep an eye on Vermont. You you never really you never know. Those 15-2 games can get a little a little crazy
0: yeah I actually if you talk you talk 15 twos, I can actually see all of the 15 seeds beating the two seeds um in this tournament I love that. yeah um I also like Michigan State to not I don't have them beating Marquette but I could definitely see Michigan State State beating Marquette. I don't think Marquette has that easy of a road um when you talk Oral Roberts versus Duke I, I, I don't trust Duke um they're inexperienced. you say they're well coached. But I think uh, their head coach is more of a recruiter than a coach, and I think that could cause some problems, especially in the tournament. That's something that I look out for. Um, we're gonna go to the Midwest. Sure. Um, this is this is interesting. I don't see this bracket to be as interesting um, as the rest, although I think it could be very interesting. I got Drake beating Miami. I got Kent State beating Indiana. Um, I got Kent State going to the Sweet 16. I got Iowa State um, in some brackets going to the Final Four. In this one, I don't have Iowa State going to the Final Four. I have Iowa State going to the Sweet 16. I got Xavier losing in the first round to Kennesaw State. Uh, Penn State versus AM. I think that game is going to be an absolute blast to watch. You're talking about two teams who lost in their championship game. I think it's absurd, first of all, that a is on the seven line. I think they should definitely be higher. Um, I think they probably should be a six or even a five at this point. I think the SEC is a lot better of a conference than uh AM is even getting credit for. But a game to watch out for. I think this game will be the best game of the tournament. And you might call on you might think I'm crazy. Texas versus Colgate, Keegan Records, SK native Rhode Islander. I tell you what, he's an absolute baller. I was uh, walking a class sometimes and he's standing next to me in high school. He's six seven, six eight, dude's in a monster. I think he's going to be the difference in that game. I still got Texas going going far. I got Texas winning the national championship in this bracket, but I think Texas versus Colgate is the matchup to watch. If you're not a college basketball fan, if you just watch for upsets, watch out. Colgate is coming. They're playing Texas. That – I I honestly you might think I'm crazy and the people that watch this might think I'm crazy as well I think colgate texas is gonna be the best matchup in the entire tournament and you can say it might be close I don't think it's even close. I think this game could go into double overtime I think it could go into triple overtime. I think this game is gonna be the best game of the tournament I love tuck texas Texas though. I think terese hunter is He was at Iowa State last year. He transfers over to Texas. He is the difference on this team. If Texas did not have him on their roster, you're talking about Texas probably being, honestly, if you switch Tyrese Hunter and you put him on Iowa State and Texas doesn't have him, I think I could see Texas being the sixth seed in this game and Iowa State being the two seed in that Midwest region. That's how much of a difference Tyrese Hunter is. He's an absolute baller. He's an absolute dog. He is the best if I'm looking at anybody who I think has the best chance of winning the national championship, he is the best player on one of the best teams. They won the big 12 championship. I know you can say a team that wins or does well in their conference tournament, either gets out right away or makes a run. That is exactly Texas. They're either going to get knocked out, knocked out by Colgate, or they're going all the way. I love Texas, but I also love Colgate. This to me, you can say the eight, nine matchups are a flip of a coin. This is the toughest matchup, in my opinion, to pick. I have Texas going far because I trust Texas more than the rest of the teams in the Midwest region. Like, I don't trust Xavier that much. Big Ten, I mean, not Big Ten, Big East. Big East doesn't usually do that well in the tournament. Indiana, I have them losing to Kent State. I don't trust Mike Woodson as a head coach, uh, especially at the college level. Miami, I don't trust Miami. I trust Dick Drake more. Iowa State is a team that I trust a little bit more. That's why sometimes I have them going to the final four. I love Iowa State's coach. I think he is one of the best coaches in all of college basketball and in all of this tournament. but I want to get your thoughts on this bracket because I think this Midwest region is the most is the one of the most fascinating. Um, not the most fascinating because we'll get to the West. And I think the West is the most fascinating, but I like this Midwest region. I love Texas, but I also love Texas and Colgate that first round matchup. What are your thoughts on this Midwest Midwest region having this game going to be played in in Kansas City, the Elite Eight and Sweet Sixteen matchups, and then Final Four will be in Houston?
1: Well, I think well, you, you know, you ended with saying Houston, right? Uh, it's ending in Houston, Final Four. I think Houston has, uh, has every opportunity to get there. Um, I love Texas Colgate. I, that's one of my I, – I agree. I, I checked that one off. Texas Colgate is going to be uh, a heck of a game, I think. 2019 and 2021, Colgate, I think, was uh, both times in the tournament. Almost pulled off upsets. They got the same team this year again, Derek. I think there's a. It's either gonna be it's either gonna be real close with double OT, single OT, you never know, or Texas comes out firing. I mean, this team, Texas, you said they they could get there. I think they're gonna make. I think they're gonna really they they're gonna make a run this year. I mean, they've only been they've only got stronger. Uh, you know, they were a team who I was watching. Uh, you know, midway through the season, and they seemed good. You know, they were obviously they were always up there in the in the uh, in the polls, but. Uh, you know that last game in the, uh, you know when they won the conference uh, championship, I believe they beat Kansas. Yep. I mean they came out firing. It was the game. Every you know I think Kansas was favored in that one and by, you know a, a solid amount. And it was uh, it was not even it wasn't even close. Um, you know Texas uh, they've been playing great down the stretch. I think like I said they've only been getting stronger. I agree. I think this Indiana team. Everybody's heavy on this Indiana team because they have two uh, great players. Uh, I believe uh, their point guard, and obviously, uh, Wooden finalist of the year, uh, Trace Trace Jackson. Right? I think he... Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Like I I, I, I had my rosters pulled up here. I, I could tell you, but um, yeah. I think Xavier is someone is a team to look out for. Uh, you know, a fun fact: Kennesaw State. Is a team that I believe a year or two ago just won one game in their conference, uh, and now here they are. They're in the Midwest. They're in the tournament as a 14 seed. You never know with these 14, uh, 14 seeds against the against the three. Xavier did not look good. Like I said, I was at that Big East championship. Xavier could not get anything going. They relied on the three ball. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of these teams here you can say relies heavy on the three ball, but, you know, in, in this tournament, you know, sometimes if shots are falling, uh, you know, you, you can win games and a lot of it's defense, you know, which brings me to Iowa state. This is a, like you mentioned, a really well coached team. I think they play, a, they play very good defense uh, and right below them at the seed like you mentioned, they could be, a, they could be even higher. I, I agree. Texas A&M, they've been playing really good basketball. Uh, they beat a, help, a full healthy Tennessee team. Um, you know, I think you got to really look at all these teams and look at uh, uh, home and, and road wins. Uh, I think that's yeah. going to come in. That's going to come into play here. Um, you know, you got Miami, who uh, they've been dealing with injuries, but a lot of people are on Drake, and I, I, I could see it. But I honestly, I, I, don't, I don't think they pull off the upset Drake. I think Miami actually gets through. They got a very similar team from last year. They got, te- they got a senior backcourt, which uh, in March is, uh, is relied on. You know, you need that. Uh, you need an experienced team. And at the end of the day, college kids shooting free throws. I mean, it's going to come down to, you know, who's in those close games. I think Xavier is going to be close. I think Colgate in Texas is going to be close. And I think, you, like you mentioned, you said this is your favorite eight nine game, this Iowa Auburn game.
0: Well, I said the ten. That... I said the ten. I said the seven ten is my oh, favorite game. Is your
2: fav- but, yeah, I think but I think all the seven
0: tens are very good. Um, mm-hmm. the eight nine is like one of those games. Um, I don't, I don't read much into it because I think if you focus too much on the eight nines, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, choke your entire bracket. But Iowa Auburn's yeah. a good game. Um, it should be interesting. To, though, um, I was best player before the season started out. Had some mental health issues. Um, he stopped playing. He basically retired. Um, I I believe it's the coach's son. Um, uh, was the one retired. So I still got Iowa in this game. But I think Iowa Auburn is another good matchup. But I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. see too much to look into this because I don't see either team beating Houston. Where I I don't look too much at the eight nine matchup just based on the fact can this team beat you know the next round team you know it's one game you know you're not going to get a perfect bracket kind of just live live it out but i think i think this bracket is going to be uh very interesting in the midwest um i looked at my bracket before we go into the west i have 11 upsets in the first round um that is definitely it. not going to happen um usually there's about 5 to 6 upsets um hope with with my prediction I've got 11 upsets right now. I'm hoping that those 5-6 upsets that actually happen are in the range of my 11 upsets. The, these 11 upsets are not counting 8-9 matchups. They're not counting 7-10. They're counting actual upsets. So that's a mm-hmm. lot for a bracket, 11 upsets. I believe the most I've had in a bracket is 12. Um, so this is just below that. But I love this West region. I think this is the best region, most competitive region. You've got Kansas. Kansas, Bill Self, might not start the tournament with this team. Should be interesting there. UCLA, under Mick Cronin, ex-coach of Cincinnati, they have they lost Johnny Juzang. They still have Ty Campbell. They still have guys who can score the bucket, but Johnny Juzang is not there. Could be a concern there. I don't know. They don't have a lot of shooting. Gonzaga. Gonzaga is one of the most underrated teams in this tournament. They absolutely demolished St. Mary's in the Western Co- Conference uh, Final. Um, Gonzaga is an interesting team. UConn definitely interesting. UConn needs a point guard. UConn doesn't have a point guard. That's it. that's my main concern for them. I like their big man though, and Sonogo and Clinigan, uh, both guys down low. St. Mary's, uh, you lost you lost big time to Gonzaga. I don't know how you come back from that. Um, then you look six seed TCU. There's always an 11 seed that wins, so that was kind of my pick. I picked the 11 seed, which Arizona State beat Nevada, coached by Bobby Hurley. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, Before I get to my favorite matchup, and it it, it kills me to say that it's my favorite matchup when I got two teams playing in this game, and I honestly don't know who I'm picking in this matchup, but whatever, I like Kansas to go to the Elite Eight. I got them losing to UConn in this Western Western region. I don't have as many upsets because I trust these teams. Kansas, I like. I could see Arkansas beating Kansas, but I got Kansas. I got St. Mary's losing to VCU. VCU is one of those teams that I think they are, they're in a good spot to make an upset over St. Mary's. After St. Mary's, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to come come up after you know getting absolutely destroyed by uh, Gonzaga. UConn, Iona. That's a great game. I got UConn though. Um, but Rick Patino's a good coach. I'm not gonna deny it. I think the speculation of Rick Patino going to St. John's is gonna hurt Iona in this game. And I think UConn ends up going to the Elite Eight. Some of these brackets, I've made six to eight. I've had Kansas going to the Final Four. I've had UConn winning it all. So, you know, anything can happen. Gonzaga's another team to look out for. I have them, you know, only going to the Sweet 16. Um, in this in this uh, bracket, but however, I do have them going to the final four. In some, um, I like the UConn Iona game. I think that's the game to really watch. Um, I know my dad's a big UConn fan. He's a little scared about that one just because of Rick Patino. He's a great coach. Um, it, it's it's terrible. We're talking about Iona at this point after the game in the MAC finals. Absolutely horrendous officiating. I understand Maris was not going to win that basketball game because your best player Patrick Gardner is the only one who had a double, who had more than ten points. I believe he had like twenty-two points. Isaiah Brickner fell off a cliff. He's back for Maris, so Maris maybe could do something next year. John Dunn, I've said it multiple times, and I'm going to say it again. He's the worst coach in all of college basketball. What you call a timeout? He calls a timeout. He had three. He used three timeouts in that game. After every single time he called a timeout, guess what Maris did? They turn the ball over. That can't happen. You're terrible. He's going to get a contract extension, and there's that. Maris is going to be mediocre for the next 10 years. Uh, no surprise there. Anyways, another news, my favorite, Matt, I like UCLA. Um, UCLA, UNC Asheville. I know I talked about Texas Colgate. You talked about Vermont Marquette, uh, Princeton, Arizona. I think Arizona's got that, but Ivy League's always watch out for them. UNC Asheville, UCLA. Nobody is talking about this game, and I love it because I think this game is going to be under the radar. I think UNC Asheville can sneak on people. I remember when UNC Asheville was a 16 seed. They played Syracuse when Syracuse was a 1 seed. This was a while ago. That game was like 80. I mean, like I want to say it was like 90-88. to 88 a while ago, I want to say like six, seven, eight years ago. That was the game I think UNC Asheville always does is competitive in games. I think UCLA runs away with it. I got UCLA going to the Final Four. But one through four in this in this West region, in at least one of my brackets, one of my six to seven brackets, I have them going to the Final Four, and I'm confident in that pick. The East, I've tried to do nothing besides Marquette. I have Marquette in some of them, and I have Kansas State. I don't trust teams in the East Eastern East East region South. It's pretty much Alabama Arizona. I've thought about putting Creighton in the Final Four in some brackets, but I just can't do it. Midwest to me, it's Texas Iowa State. Those are the two teams that I look out for um, in the Midwest. West to me is wide open, but I look I look at this and before I get into my favorite matchup, this these Sweet Sixteen matchups in this West Kansas UConn. That's going to be a great game. And then Gonzaga UCLA, that's another great game. that I got you in this particular bracket. Obviously, every bracket changes because you got to get you got to make at least five brackets, or you can't call yourself a college basketball fan, in my opinion. I got UConn and UCLA uh, going to the Elite Eight in this in this particular bracket that I'm looking at, and I got UCLA going to the Final Four. I think the difference in that game is that Ty can't, Ty, Ty Campbell is actually a point guard and can facilitate. UConn doesn't have that guy. Kansas to me, they always go to the Sweet 16, then they kind of fall off a cliff. Gonzaga, I don't know. They just they, I don't trust them this year. They don't seem to have that mojo. You got Drew Timmy, but that's it. I got UCLA. I like this West, but before I I give you the floor on the Western West region, this game kills me. It's it, it it's a it's a killer to me. This game, I I I picked a team to win almost every single game. Um, not every single game, every single time I've done a bracket, it's Northwestern-Boise State. First of all, Northwestern, coached by Chris Collins. He is one of the most underrated co- college coaches in all of basketball. I think it's the same thing with Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. You're talking about an academic institution in Northwestern. I'm not going to say it's Notre Dame. I'm not going to say it's Ivy. It's up there. I tell you what, Northwestern is probably a Stanford-Nerd-Aim program, and the sense of academics. It's tough to get kids to go there. It's in Evanston, Illinois. Who wants to go to Illinois? Nobody. Let's be honest. Nobody wants to go to Evanston, Illinois. Great coach by him. He was in the hot seat a couple years ago. They're the, they were the second team in the Big Ten Northwestern for the majority of the season. Nothing really wows me about this team. They have Bo Bowie as their guy. Um, Pete Nance was there. Was another player they had last year. He's now at North Carolina. How did that pan out for him? Not too well. They opted out of an NIT NIT appearance. I don't know what they're doing at this point. I think they're just frustrated. Boise State, coached by Leon Rice, uh, boy, the Mid Mountain West has not done well in the tournament. I I will tell you that much. But I look at this Boise State team. They're streaky as heck. They are streaky. Max Rice can shoot the three. Or he can fall off a cliff. Shaver, he's the point guard right now. He's a guy who can shoot the three. He can drive to the lane. But guess what? He can't make a free throw. That's kind of a problem in March Madness. You got to make your free throws. Um, T- Dagenhart. remember this name. Hart for Boise State, number two. He's a guy who he's 6'8", 6'9". But he can shoot the three ball. He's a really good stretch four, but he plays five in college just because you're in the Mountain West. He's a guy to look out for on that team. I think he's probably could be their best player. Um, I I think Boise State is deeper than Northwestern. I have Boise State going, winning this game, and it's not because they're deeper. It's not because I think they're also a better team. It's because they play in Sacramento, California. You're having Northwestern from... Evanston, Illinois, traveled to Sacramento. That's a tough matchup, and that's why I got Boise State. That is one of my favorite games um, in this tournament. It's sad that I'm a Boise State Northwestern fan, and I was praying to lo- praying to the Lord that this would not happen to me. And guess what? Northwestern plays Boise State in the first round. And guess who they got next? They got UCLA. UCLA. I can't win at this point. My team's not even going to, like, make a sweet 16 run. Like, come on now. I like Colgate, and they got to play Texas. That's another team I like. Like, I swear to God, whoever is doing this bracket, like, I don't know if I did anything wrong this past season by not watching enough college basketball, but, like, are you doing this to me? Are you trying? And then Kentucky versus Providence. I hate both teams. Like, are you trying to make this bracket, like, like this, this bracket is making me want to like cry myself to sleep. This is terrible. <laughs> I don't like this bracket at all. My teams are either playing up up against each other, or teams that I don't like are playing up against each other. First of all, before I just rant and continue to rant all season long, that's pretty much what Derek's discussions is. You know, let's go to the West. What are your thoughts on the West, uh, Sean?
1: Oh man, uh, this is uh like you said, this is a definitely a tough tough uh bracket. I mean, you look at the south, you look at the east, uh even the midwest um there's it, it's really it's you could have watched zero tiles basketball this year and you will probably have a better bracket than me. Um you know, I'm not I, I, I was going to say we got to do a bracket before before we uh before we sign off together. You know, we got to uh pick one out and you know just and God, you know, God forbid it goes it it becomes perfect. Um, we'll, we'll split the we'll split the the rewards but the West uh you know what I'm just gonna start with I'll go one by one Kansas versus Howard I got Kansas uh, well yeah I, uh,
0: Howard's not gonna do anything come on Sean Howard like I agree. I agree. I agree. like why are you even talking about that matchup It's pretty I obvious agree. Kansas is gonna win that one. I don't I, go I thought man. They
1: were gonna be a last four in honestly Howard but anyways they're 16 seed they're in Kansas runs away with this one. UCLA, UNC Asheville. I was looking at uh, earlier today, the public is on Moneyline, UNC Asheville, 41%. I'm telling which you. Is, which is a lot percent, in my opinion.
0: That's, um, I'm telling you, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a
1: good game. I think UCLA gets the job done. They have so oh, yeah. much experience on this team. Um, I think they're a team that can make a Final Four run easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they get there, I'd, I'd watch out because they're a team. I my first bracket that I did this year, I actually had UCLA winning it. Um, they're they're just a team. I think they deserve it. You know, they got a point guard, and uh, Tiger Campbell. You know, Mari Bailey's done a great job, and he stepped up to his role. I think you know they had injuries. Uh, UCLA, uh, Yame Yakes is probably one of my favorite basketball players to That's watch right now. Uh, he is. A phenomenal player, uh, you know, just a really fundamental, uh, fundamentally sound player. They're very well coached, you know. This is a team that lost the tough one to, I believe, was it Arizona? Arizona, right? Uh, you know, they they've lost on. A, I was watching a video the other day on a Jalen Suggs buzzer beater against Gonzaga. Yep. I mean, they're just a team that's always there. You know, they're always there. I think this this is finally. I don't know if it's going to be their year, but it's going to be. I could see again another Final Four run. Um, Gonzaga, oh man, I I hate taking Gonzaga just because every year that I've taken them, they have fallen short. They're that's why team. they're under the
0: radar now.
1: They are. They're very under the radar. I think they're a sleeper pick this year, which meanwhile they shouldn't be. I think it's got Drew Timmy who is just at you know dominating. Uh, they've dominated St. Mary's. Uh, they're a fun team to watch. Uh, it's gonna come down to their shooting, you know. If they they they're gonna they can't rely on Drew Timmy to do it all. Um, I'd watch out for a team in Grand Canyon though. They were a five seed in their conference, I believe. They're in the yeah uh, the WAC conference, the WAC
0: online they're, school.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> listen, they're a team to watch out for. They beat uh, the number one seed twice this year in their conference. You know, you, you say that when a team's hot, they either get they either get one win. Or they uh or they bust. So we'll see. I mean they I think they could beat the Gonzaga. I think Drew Timmy's gonna be too much to handle. Going to the next game, Yukon Iona. Uh this game's gonna be played in Albany, which I think for Iona's sake is huge. Then again, UConn not too far. They'll be packed out. Um I think you know, listen, Rick Patino is he a great coach, without a doubt. Hate to say it. I think UConn's defense, uh, you know, I, I was looking at a stat this year, the Ken rankings. They are uh, they were one of those top teams this year. Uh in that, you know, they play off they play defense very well. And I think in this tournament, it's gonna come down to who plays better defense. I think UConn runs away with this one. St. Mary's VCU is a is a very good game to look at because they're uh they contrast in the way they play. Uh they're very they're very different teams. St. Mary's likes to slow the pace down. VCU is a team that runs. I think VCU actually pulls off the 12 5 upset in this one. I also like uh, ASU, believe it or not, over TCU. I think TCU is another team that is a Big 12. I think, uh, you know, uh, who's, uh, I think Bobby Hurley's brother, right? Yeah. Well, Dan
0: Dan Hurley's brother, uh, Bobby Hurley, was the assistant at URI when Dan Hurley was there, then went to Arizona State. He's got some uh, financial troubles. He was going to get fired a couple years ago, ended up not. I think you talk UConn-Iona. I think the difference in that game is Jordan Hawkins. Um, I don't know if you remember UConn basketball that much, but he reminds me so much of Jeremy Lamb. He shoots a three. He's a three and D guy. I think he's a perfect fit. I I think UConn this year with their spot at four and having to play Kansas, I get it. You have to play UCLA later on. If UConn had a point guard, a solidified point guard, I think UConn is easily... I would be confident in making UConn my national championship, but they don't have their point guard. That is my main concern for uh, UConn. But I love Jordan Hawkins. I think he's an absolute dog out there. I just have him going to the Elite Eight. I have him going to my national championship and winning it in one of my brackets. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if they'll be able to do that, um, not, having, not having that point guard.
1: And it's not, it's not the same 2014 team. I could definitely say that. It's, a, it's a definitely a team that plays very good defense. Um, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Arkansas. I think you know Arkansas gets the win over Illinois at the eight seed. I think they're a team that can win one game and then fall and then lose to Kansas. Oh, okay. Or If they sleep, if they you know you sleep on Arkansas and they pull off an upset against Kansas, I think you could see this team going to the final four. You can uh, see
0: Arkansas going to the final four.
1: You know what? I it's crazy to say, but I was that's that's,
0: that's crazy. And that's listen, crazy. I
1: you never know in march right but uh listen i was looking at their uh let's see here their schedule they played in the SEC which is not obviously one of the tougher conferences but you still got i mean you got bama who's the number 1 team in the country right texas a&m there's a lot i mean there's still some good talent there they got kentucky who's going to be uh you know they beat auburn you know they lost to texas a&m watch out for this for this Arkansas team I'm just saying it's a sleeper pick in my opinion um like they could lose first round and then that's it to Illinois but uh to be honest I think I see them beating Illinois and then yeah I know it's gonna be tough obviously with Kansas I could I could really see Kansas repeat this year and just because I don't um, I mean I understand they're a little bit um you know they're dealing with coaching trouble right Bill self was was out for a little bit. Uh, you know they got Grady Dick, who's maybe one of the top uh, freshmen in the country. Um, Jalen Wilson, who's the uh, top play You know, I mean, great player. He's going to be a top draft pick this year. Um, you know, you never know. I think I think what they lack a little bit is their uh, their height. You know, they may, you know, Drew Timmy may come in there. You know, well, they're not going to have to play Gonzaga, but uh, you know, we'll see. There's there's a lot there's a lot to like in this conference. Um, you know, also, I think Boise State, Northwestern. You mentioned that was one of your favorite games. I agree. I think this is going to be a really tough game. Boise State is a team that back in December uh, beat Texas A&M by 15, and then they beat Utah. They crushed Utah State by 20 plus, and then uh, and then unfortunately they lost in the Mountain West tournament. I think uh, Northwestern pulls this off. They've been playing very, They've been playing in the Big Ten, which is. I mean, Michigan missed the uh, the big dance this year. You know, you had a lot of different – you had a lot of crazy teams not make it like uh, North Carolina, who was number one in the preseason AP polls. Um, You know, you really – you never know. I, I can see Northwestern making a little bit of a run. Watch out for those seven seeds. I mean, you got Northwestern, Texas A&M, and even Mich- – I don't see Missouri doing anything in the south. But, I mean, you never know. A team like Michigan State, you get one win against USC – and then you got to play a Marquette team who, you know, we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch, and uh, you know, like you said, it's uh, I like the heavy upsets this year. I think there's gonna be uh, I don't know if there's gonna be another St. Peter's team, but if uh, you are looking for a 15-2 game, I think you got to go in the full game. Uh, it's going to game It's gonna be a tough it's gonna to be a tough match. They're all better, but. Uh, you know, you never know, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, uh, I think one concern I have in my practice um, I pick upsets. I love upsets. I kind of do it every year. This year I was a little bit more upset happy than normal. Um, but I think there's going to be five to six upsets uh, this year, but I think the upsets are not going to be as excruciating as I would expect, um, just based on the fact of there's, I don't I don't believe that there's one dominant team um in college basketball this year. I don't believe that you look one through four or one through five in seeds. Um I don't see a team that's a uh, solidified going to the, you know, final four, going to the national championship. Um, I don't I just don't see that at this point. I, I that's why I kinda picked on But it kinda happened last year. We had the Saint Peters run, but besides the Saint Peters run we did not have really a lot of upsets. Um, I think it could turn out that way. Um, if you're really looking for your St. Peter's run, I don't know who you pick. Uh, I think, Prince did I, I look at all 15 seeds and I see them all winning. See, my problem is I look at this and I'll tell you my final four, and I could see all these teams losing early except for one of them, Texas. They could lose to Colgate in the first round. I, I, I see that. UCLA, I could see them losing to UNC Asheville in the first round. Marquette, I could see them losing to Vermont in the first round. Alabama is not the team. I don't see them losing to uh, uh, Texas and Corpus Christi in the first round, but I could see them losing to New York. That's kind of my only safe pick um, in that one. I think the team that I'm most confident is – this is what I want to hear before we'll wrap up. I want to hear what your team team that you're most confident in. Um, The team I'm most confident in is Texas. I've said it time and time again. I get it. They're playing Colgate. I see Colgate winning this game. But if Texas can get past Colgate, I think Texas can win this entire thing. I think Texas versus Colgate is going to be Texas's toughest test. And then the rest of the – not that it's a cakewalk by any stretch of the imaginations, because I have them playing Iowa State, Penn State, Houston, UCLA, and Marquette in, in my bracket. Um, I think Colgate, if they get past Colgate, watch out for Texas. They can win a national championship. And that's the one team of all teams that I said after the conference tournament, I said, look out for Texas. I didn't know how they were going to be seeded, if they were going to be in the two-line, the three-line, or the one-line. That was the one team that I was like, Texas, Texas. That is the one team that I kept saying, I think it's Texas. Um, what's your what's your team that you like, that, you ha- that you're the most confident in, or right after the, um, the conference tournaments, before seeding happened, that you were like, I like this team. I think they can go far in this tournament. Maybe not a national championship run, but a team that you like can go to like the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, uh, Elite Eight. I'll say.
1: Oh man, it's it's tough. It really is. It's tough. Um, I'll go to the South. Uh, I I think Arizona. I mean, if we're talking about first first round, but I mean before, honestly, um, before the. Uh, you know the selections were made.
0: Uh-huh. I think they got an
1: easy game in Princeton. I mean, right off the bat,
0: I, two versus I, fifteen. Mm.
1: I, mean, I mean, it's not easy. It's just, you know nothing's easy. In it's March, the
0: easiest of the. It's I would say it's the easiest of the two fifteen matchups. But then you
1: got to look at Princeton just beat a, a good Yale team who looked like a lock right for the tournament with the best team in the. But they failed the in the teams.
0: NIT, so.
1: Right. Right. So I mean, it's you never. You really never know. Um, I maybe some sometimes I hate looking at the NIT because some got some teams just don't want to even play in that tournament. I think teams are kind
0: of
1: are hurt that they're not in the like Oklahoma State, uh, so to speak, is a team that I thought was gonna make it to the tournament. They didn't get there. It was a tough, uh, you know, last four in. I didn't I didn't like Pitt making it to be honest. I mean I know they beat Mississippi State in that in that close game.
0: Rutgers also, should have been in.
1: Rutgers, I liked Rutgers this year. I thought they, they, they played well down the stretch, and they had a good they had a good team. I mean, they beat Penn State at all. Penn State is a team that went all the way, obviously, to the Big Ten Championship and lost to Purdue. I think Purdue is a team that, honestly, in the East, I'm looking at the East, they, they, I understand that, that –
0: We're having some uh, technical difficulties um, as Sean uh, muted his mic. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get him back to uh, talking. I apologize to all the viewers out there. Uh, Sean, can you unmute yourself or am I going to have to try to figure this out? Okay, we're good. So go ahead, Sean. Sorry.
2: Sorry about that. Um,
0: I was just saying, uh, back to um,
2: Purdue in the East, uh, Are they, they're not a lock. Because, obviously they got to play a tough Memphis or a tough uh, Florida Atlantic team that's won more than 30 games this year. Not to mention Florida Atlantic was a team that almost didn't uh, make the tournament if they hadn't won their conference. So they obviously, I mean they won 31 games, which is remarkable. But I think Purdue, as long as they get past that, that I mean obviously you got to get past the uh, the Sweet 16. They're gonna have to play a uh, could be a Duke. Could
0: be Tennessee. Could I don't be, think they're getting that far, but yeah. Could
2: even be an Oral Roberts. I, I mean, I agree. I, I think Purdue could lose early, but it's it also depends on Zach Eady. I mean, if he want, he could really take this team as far as they want, I believe. Um, Marquette's another one who I could really see losing early on to uh, Michigan State. I mean, a lot of it comes down to coaching in March. I think Tom Izzo is a phenomenal coach. I think Michigan State has uh, enough talent to pull off an upset. They've also been playing a lot. They've been playing a lot of good basketball down the stretch. Um, you know, they're in the Big Ten. There's a lot of good competition that was played. Um, I think a lot of it. I haven't really looked too much into it, but I gotta look bit more. You know, obviously we're two hours out from, or not less than that, before the first game. Uh, win uh, road wins and home wins. Um, you know, they're a team. I think that that won a, a good amount at home, but you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, it's you know, it's home, It's nobody has home court, and obviously, in, uh you know, in the tournament, so let's we'll see what happens. Uh, so, in the South, I'd say my my main lock would be Arizona. Uh, I like them. I like them going far. I actually have them winning in one bracket. It's going to be tough against Alabama, and even I think Baylor's hasn't been talked about enough. I don't think they. I don't think they get. Uh, they get all the all the way through. I think they got to play. Um,
0: you got to play Creighton. You got to uh, play
2: Creighton, which is going to be a really tough game. I, Crane's another team that has was not talked about enough. They were they're a scary good team. I think they could really go on a run. If you want to know, if you want to see a sleeper out of the South, I think it's Creighton. Oh yeah. Um. I. You know. I. They in the Big East. They kind of under. They underperformed, but uh, you know, you've also seen teams like let's you know for instance, I'll give you Marquette, who, you know, now won the Big East. You know, if, if they lost in the round of 32, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, out of the West, you go – I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good – there's a lot of good teams in the West. I think you said that was – you mentioned that was your favorite uh, your favorite region. You know, there's a lot of good teams. Anything could happen. You could really see – I think you could see Iona pulling off an upset to UConn. I don't see it happening personally, but, you know, there's, there's a lot to like. I also mentioned Grand Canyon don't sleep on Grand Canyon um, I think Gonzaga should pull off the win but I think the spread in that that, uh, that game was a little too high in my opinion I think it was coming in at 15 and a half uh, Midwest I think Houston you know Houston this is uh, Jim Nance's uh, last uh, last time doing the broadcast for for uh, uh, for the tournament. And it's going to be the final four is going to be played out in Houston, his alma mater. So, you know, if you want to talk about scripts, I think there you go. That's that could be one to look at Houston getting to the final four. Um, And especially if Texas loses to our uh, our favorite team in Colgate, I think they're going to have a pretty much of a cakewalk. Uh, Xavier is a team. I don't see them losing to Kennesaw State. They could make a run, too, but. Like we mentioned earlier, they're the they're in the Big East. I they really they did not play well in that in that conference championship game against Marquette. I could see them losing in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, and yeah, I think that that covers that covers all four. But uh, you know, we'll see Oral Roberts too as a twelve. They pull off a win against a young Duke team. You know, watch out for them. I think they could uh, they could definitely make another run.
0: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, it's going to be definitely interesting, um, to see what happens with everything going on. Obviously, the first is West Virginia versus Maryland. Um, I personally just don't care too much about that game, but obviously, I'll still be watching. The winner that most likely will be playing Alabama, unless if a miracle happens yet again in Texas A and M Corpus Christi. Christy uh, comes up with the upset, but. Um, as we wrap up episode 39 of Derek's discussions, do you have any last words for our listeners out there?
2: Um, I guess my last words would be uh, if you want to copy my final four, which I recommend don't. I like Arizona out of the south. I like um, – well, this was, this was my first bracket, so I'll give you this was my first and main one. I like Arizona out of the south. I like Michigan State out of the East. In the West, I have UCLA. Mm-hmm. And in the Midwest, I have your one seed, Houston. So there's a I got one one seed. I got two two seeds and a seven. So it's, it's crazy. I'll remind the listeners of last year's. Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up quick. Last year's final four was two two seeds, one one seed, and an eight seed. So, and last year was almost a 15 seed when you had St. Peter's, you know, shout out Doug Eater from uh, St. Peter's. You know, they they lost uh, a tough one in North Carolina. They got uh, they got smoked, but they did. They beat a Purdue team last year. Arkansas was in a team that made it to the Elite Eight. Um, I would watch out. Like I mentioned earlier, I know Derek, you, you, you kind of heard that and you were like, that's crazy. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't sleep on... Uh, Arkansas to all the listeners out there Houston was a team that made a run to the elite eight they lost to Villanova uh, Miami as a 10 seed they, Miami's got a, a like a, a, a better team I think this year they brought a lot of back they brought uh, most of their players are back they're an experienced team they got an experienced uh, backcourt which I mentioned earlier is one of my favorite things to have in March um you know, if you got two leaders at the point guard spot, I think it, you, you they could t- uh, take a team a long way. Last year was Kansas North Carolina. Don't be shocked if Kansas gets all the way back there. I'll say that to the listeners. Um, you know, you, you really you never know. But uh, for me, it's I like I like Arizona, and uh, and that's my pick. So, yeah, Eric, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on today, man. I had a good
0: time. I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens um, with March Madness. I want to thank you, Sean, for joining me today. Um, and for our listeners out there, there will be another live happening um, in about 10 to 15 minutes. So stay tuned for that and make sure to check out all the, upper, all the other episodes as well. Um, thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Derek's Discussions.